Gomer agreed to be on the program tonight. He joins us now live. I'm being told you think you got COVID because of a hole in your mask, you say? We did the research. We found the hole existed. Well, actually, it sounds like you just didn't take COVID-19 very serious. You're attacking the messenger. And you're better than this. You used to be good. You used to find that there was a problem and you would. Hey, man, you ain't got to get all upset, man. I'm just trying to figure out the details. You listen. This is a problem. If you had spent as much time looking into the problem as you have been trying to come after me and belittle Trying to belittle you. I'm just saying my boy Tony told me some foul stuff about you and Mask. Uh, what's your problem? at your website do you ever look at your website do you because yes, if you had you would have seen that tony said that there are people that go from his his neighborhood come back and they tested positive but they get false positive sometimes so man i don't want to hear about anybody else man i want to hear about you did you take any of these covid 19 tests uh they retested me with the swab that goes way up in your sinuses and it finally came back, it was positive too. So I'm asymptomatic. I don't have any of the symptoms that are listed as part of COVID-19, but apparently I have the Wuhan virus. So I don't get it. Were you wearing the mask? Were you not wearing the mask? And if you were wearing the mask, how in the world did you get COVID-19? When I have a mask on, I'm, I'm moving it to make it comfortable. And I can't help but wonder if that, you know, puts some germs in the mask. Keep your hands off your mask. But anyway, who knows? But um, uh, now that I apparently have it, I will be very, very careful to make sure I don't give it to anybody else. What's going on, everybody? As always. It's your boy, Jesse McCoy. Uh, we are here for another episode of Brothers-in-Law Podcast, and I am joined by the world's foremost leading legal humorist, Sean Carter. How you doing, man? Good, good, man. Doing well, really, really well. Just sitting here um, trying to um, stay away from those Magic City wings. <laughs> Magic City wings. I heard that they're so good, you might even blow your job for them, right? <laughs> and we'll talk about that a little bit a little bit later. Um, I guess we should probably start with the big story of, of this week. And um, no, actually, the big story of this week is the fact that um, you actually have, have a new podcast out as well as this one, uh, your Pan-Africa podcast. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, we've got a couple of things going on. So the first thing is I uh, ended up getting involved in this podcast where the whole purpose is to connect the branches of the diaspora. Uh, it is called Pan-Africana. It uh, is a live visual podcast every Saturday at 1230 Eastern Standard Time. But the whole point of the podcast is that we've realized that there are a lot of people in both Africa and the rest of the diaspora who don't really know each other and don't really know the things we need, the things we're interested in, the things we like, the skills that we have. So we wanted to create a platform where people could, one, ask questions to get the answers to it. Number two, to build relationships and networks with people so that you would understand that you don't necessarily have to rely on Western structure uh, or white supremacist society. You can actually have a market of people to sell your goods and services to or to do work for 
uh, without having to go through those channels. You can just talk to people in other countries. So, you know, a lot of people don't know, you know, you can get luxury real estate in uh, Ghana, $30,000, right? Waterfront. So people don't know that stuff. Like people don't know, you know, like kind of what do people from Nigeria have to deal with? What's rent like in Lagos? Like it, things like that where you can build your own communities without having to go through any of these traditional channels and actually have people who can support you and people who will be there for you as we try to bridge the gap and build our so, community. So when are y'all going to have Dr. Emmanuel on? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, if if I can uh, if I can find her and get her on, it might be an interesting conversation because I don't want to know more about all this Niflheim demons, firms, devils. I don't know where this stuff is coming from. So let me let me give people the backstory. If if you uh, were watching the news yesterday, and well, depending on the time you were watching the news, at the more in the morning there was this uh, very vocal doctor. She had all this passion in what she was saying. Her name is Stella Emanuel. She works uh, in a hospital in Houston, Texas, allegedly. Uh, and Stella <laughs> Emanuel came out in front of a row of white people and said, we have a cure for COVID-19. I've been using it. I've used it on all 350 patients that I've served. Everybody's wonderful. Everybody lived. It works. And that cure is hydro. Was it hydrochloroquine? The same drug, conveniently, that Donald Trump has been trying to push on everybody to use, saying that this is the drug that's going to cure COVID-19. Now, if you listen to her address, you may have felt some weirdness about it. And what I mean by that is she had a couple times where she struggled. One in particular was when she said uh, NIH, and she tried to explain what the acronym NIH stands for but had a mightily hard time. So she's like the National Institutes of, um, of, um, of, um, and for me, if anybody is a doctor and doesn't know what the National <laughs> Institutes of Health, that's, that's a really big deal, a huge deal. Uh, so that was the first. Now, by the end of the day, uh, what had come out was this whole spin about who she was prior to being tapped to give this address. And apparently who she was was a preacher who has some very interesting theories about how people are conceived and brought it to, and brought it to this world. And I think we have a clip, actually. We have a little bit of a clip. We're going to play just a little bit of it. We can't play too much of it, not for copyright reasons, but because you will lose your mind. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, I, I've lost about 40 IQ points. I probably can't remember how to play the clip now uh, after listening yeah. to it. But just listen to it a little bit. I've got to queue it up a little bit. Hold on. Um, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a doozy. Um, but I'm just going to give it a little bit here. Um, she, how do I say it? You might want to have a, a, a couple of drink minimum before you go to her church. <laughs> She's going to talk about some grown folk stuff. Ain't, ain't, no, ain't no doubt about that. But here's some astro sex. The hidden one adores that they come and sleep with you in the dream, but you don't realize it. You don't know. You have a spirit husband, but you don't know you have one. Most of the time, some people get up from sleep feeling aroused. You don't know why. Or you get up, sometimes you feel bloated. You get up, you, you went to sleep feeling, you got up from sleep just feeling funny. But you don't know why. This has touched you. And they make you, they take the dream away. You don't remember it. 
So you will get up from sleep and look at something snatch your dream right off your, your mind. You know you have been dreaming, but something snatches it immediately. There are many people that have this spirit of mass and they don't know. So we can only diagnose them by the symptoms they have or by the conditions of their life. These ones are the hidden ones. There are those that are camouflage. They come to you with the face of somebody you know because you will not say no to them. They bring the face of a husband, a wife, a loved one, a past boyfriend, somebody you've been fantasizing about, somebody you think is cute. If you start fantasizing about all these movie stars, the devil has a way of putting a face, their face on a Nephilim spirit and bring it to you. You'll be like, ooh, I just, ooh, I just love whoever it is that lady was loving. I'm not going to call the person's name. Of course, the devil was bringing it to him. She used to see herself sleeping with that movie star all the time. And she liked it. Let me just say this, guy, because I'm not sure we, we need to go through the whole thing of her explanation of, of how the Nephilim, these biblical creatures, are, 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 are procreating with everybody. Um, I do want to say that um, if I would go to her church. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if people open on, on, say, Saturday night. And, um, you know, <laughs> date night. Because uh, I'm sure people leave there feeling uh, another kind of way. The spirit. Um, <laughs> I'll grant you that. She started getting into people, you know, with different. It, 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 got, it got a little weird, even for me. Um, but that being said, the problem I have is simply this. That can't be your Dr. Fauci. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And I don't know how yeah. they got her to be sort of the chloroform, you know, the, the chloroquine um, spokesperson or the, because, you know, in addition to the chloroquine, she also was explaining how the masks don't work, which for a doctor is bizarre. Mm-hmm. They've been wearing masks for, for, for what, a hundred years now? Right. Why the heck they been wearing them? Uh, I, I have no idea. They haven't met her yet. You know, she ain't going to do my surgery. I know that. <laughs> she 100% success, right? She 100% success, right? No, this, this is the other thing. So, you know, everybody who listens to the show, y'all know, I have this thing called hood intuition, right? Okay. So when she's talking about it, usually when a doctor has been able to cure patients of something that is catastrophic, you're going to have a patient there to be interviewed and to talk about their experience. Like even with, you remember the lady who got the hand transplant? Right. She was on Good Morning America the next morning, right? right we right. want to see that hand. We want to see. That's like she had 350 clients served, but nobody showed up. McDonald's has more people coming back talking about how they got served. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and the fact though that you know, you know, she ended up making a believe out of Trump though, um, and, and we got to talk about this because you know we're going into this thing now where you know we've seen the numbers tick up. Everybody was hoping it had magically gone away. Maybe we just you know I, you know and we try to treat it like student loan debt. Just <laughs> don't answer your phone, right? They won't, you know, they won't know. They'll forget about you. And just like student loan debt, they don't. Right. Right. They, no matter how many years later, they 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 go they 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 gonna remember you. And that looks like the Roro is is doing that. Um, he just must be collecting student loan debt on the side because they ain't forgot nobody. And we're starting mm-hmm. to see everybody who thought they can get away with it. The sports leagues are coming back, and I can't wait. I, I like basketball. 
Um, but they're gonna have an interest if they have the experience that Major League Baseball had, it's gonna get it's gonna get interesting. Mm-hmm. So Major League Baseball is back what a week? A weekend. <laughs> a weekend. Less than a week and one team end up having like what fifteen people, right? Yep. Um come down with it. They had to cancel their games, also the games of the teams they played against. Yep. And that's baseball. Nobody's fouling. They don't fouls in baseball, right? It's, it's, it's no. right. <laughs> and, and, and they can't stay, stay away from each other. They got these people in this bubble in, in, in Orlando, and we've seen already, and this is what we talked about the starting, one of the players, his name is, uh, it's spelled Lou, but I think it's, it's pronounced lie. Um, <laughs> Who went home for a funeral or some type of thing and decided on his way back to the bubble he'd stop at Magic City for some wings. I mean, the, the wings I've heard were pretty good. Well, and he was <laughs> a regular. They didn't name to sit after him. <laughs> no, I'm not making that up, right? And so he wanted to go get his wings. But here's the thing is, all right, I can't think of anything more dangerous except apparently Major League Baseball than being in a strip club. <laughs> How are you not going to get there? The woman's job is to, for $20 to rub the Roro all on your chest, right? <laughs> With glitter and coronavirus, just all right. up on you, right? <laughs> right. You can't get rid of any um, one of those two off you. And it's like the, he was going to take that back to the bubble. They would have been all infected in a week. Yeah, I mean – I understand. I mean, but but in his defense, there are worse ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's the thing, and you can understand. You know, this is a silly idea in the sense that you've got what is well, in, in in the NBA now we're in the bubble, like 300 supremely athletic, testosterone-filled millionaires, right, in a bubble. Um, I don't know how to say this, but um. It, 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 somebody having sex with somebody up in, 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 in <laughs> you know, I ain't never been to prison, but but the, the, my understanding <laughs> of the dynamics is if you get a bunch of a, a big swole men together, uh, somebody is, is, is going to have to be the woman. That, that's all I'm saying. All right, um, I, I, mean, I hope you're not a little, little Tyron Lou, but the point is, is that. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's unavoidable. And this is the thing with all of us. Like, we can't seem to understand that this is a thing that's going to be here for a while. We can't pretend like it's going away. And we have to stay away from each other. There's just no way to avoid it. My kids, the schools are opening up. And it's so funny because they keep saying to us, well, we're going to open a school, but, you know what, let's wait four weeks. We're going to have online for then. And, I, and we were at a meeting, and they were, you know, like, have any questions? And I wanted to ask them, why are you still lying to me? Right <laughs> in 2020, because as soon as you open up, you be right. closed. Right? How you going? And they're like, "Well, let the kids get them." Like, yeah, but who's going to teach the kids? Are they going to teach each other? Right. Do Lord of the Flies and just have them all out there running out there together? Because adults will will die from this stuff. Yeah, and it was a meme on Facebook today. It was like y'all couldn't keep the bathrooms clean, but we supposed to expect y'all to keep the whole school. Like that's, and I think people just haven't really had a relationship with kids. Like people don't know kids. 
kids, uh, they are some of the messiest creatures on the face of the planet. They don't wash their hands properly. They properly. give each other high fives. They spit on each other's hands. People used to do blood oaths back in the day. Ah. <laughs> you, you know, I love the fact that you know, there was a game almost every person played with their little brother where you would you'd trap them to hold them down and then spit, you know, and let the spit almost, you know, fall down into the mouth and then suck it back up. That, that, that was, that was fun. <laughs> All right. Now, if you get an extra added of Roro in it, right? Think about it. It's going to be nothing but Roro, you know, Roro tag all over the yard. It's like, there's no way. And even if you ask them, using this, even if you tried to get them to do it right, we got adults that can't do this right. Major League Baseball couldn't do that right. Right. right? Basketball, NBA, they can't do it right. It was millions of dollars on the line. You think Timmy is going to be able to do it right? Right, especially when Timmy mama running late for work. She ain't got time to make sure he clean and wash his hands. She's going to drop him off there, hope for the best, and keep it moving. And that puts everybody's kids in jeopardy. Think about it. We had a 100 years of polio, which is spread primarily, and I think I've mentioned this before, but, but, but through, um, how do I say it, oral to fecal transmission, doo-doo mm. in the mouth. <laughs> For a hundred years, we could not keep adults from getting doo-doo in the baby's mouth. Mm. Every year, except for this year, um, we had a time where you couldn't even eat lettuce. Why? Mm. Because we got doo-doo in the lettuce. <laughs> now, oh, you're telling me that now it ain't a matter of doo-doo. It's just a matter of, whew. Blowing in somebody's mouth. You understand that the entire process of breathing is sucking in somebody's coronavirus. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, a, it's a crazy thing that we even think we can somehow just ignore and, and get away with, but we're, but, but we, you know, we haven't come to grips with it yet. And I, and I get it because here, here's my prediction. Um, and, and none of us are really getting out of the house, uh, this, this, this decade. <laughs> Yeah, I'm starting to believe that. I'm starting to believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, 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 I wish, we, I wish we could. Maybe if the virus, put this way, we're not getting out because of something we did. We might get lucky, and maybe the virus mutates and becomes less harmful, and we get away with this. Um, but it's not like we got a cure. We've never, we've never found a vaccine for any coronavirus. Unless you Stella, Stella Emanuel. Um. Exactly right. <laughs> It took 40 years to get an AIDS uh, vaccine, uh, which cost three grand a month that we give to about seven people. Right. But that's all we could afford. Right. Right. So, you know, you know, nobody's going to fight him putting that stuff out for four hours. Martin Scarelli. <laughs> Martin Scarelli going to be up here trying to sell it for a billion dollars a pop. Nobody's going to be able to get it but Mackenzie Scott. Exactly. <laughs> there's a there's a medicine now that I guess has some you know um, uh, promising results to reduce the time you know the severity of of the symptoms for for a coronavirus doesn't prevent you from getting it but it you know helps to get you um, healthier but that's three grand a dosage mm. right mm. it's like even when you get something it's not going to be available affordable you know how we do American stuff right we're not yeah. curing anything anymore. And, and, and as a result, you know, it's just going to be around for for a long time. So we're going to have to get used to it. And, you know, I got to tell you, people, I, I, I don't like it any better than you do. All right. But um, I, I, I do know this. Um, I'm going to like being dead a little less. 
Then they, and I had, and you know, Jesse could make it because he liked these rap battles. Uh, what was it this week? Uh, uh Battle of the Dogs, Snoop and DMX. Arr, arr. <laughs> <laughs> you realize watching them play their greatest hits has become a form of entertainment in America. <laughs> it has. And I, I heard DMX won it. I mean, that's debatable. I think it depends <laughs> on who you who you favor. I, I'm just a huge Snoop Dogg fan. I think Snoop Dogg did a great job. But I think who really won was, you know, hip hop. It won. Everybody liked to see DMX. He obviously looks healthy now. He looks like okay. he's, you know, recovered from whatever battles he was dealing with. And Snoop Dogg was very, very uh nice, very, very, you know, honorable guy. Uh, treating DMS with nothing but the utmost respect. Everybody's happy. Everybody's okay. getting along. I think we like that. I also realized that a lot of the songs that we were listening to back in the day in the 90s were highly problematic in the 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in the 90s was highly problematic. I, yes, yes. <laughs> Now, no, well, good thing is this, though. So when do you think Kanye is going to start his battle, and who is he going to go against? Um, Kanye is going to have to battle himself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of issues going on. Uh, so, so for those who, who didn't know, Kanye apparently decided that he was going to run for president and had a full-on campaign speech of sorts in South Carolina, of all places. Uh, in South Carolina, I, I'm confused. And of course, you know, in watching it, you couldn't think anything, but there's mental illness that's obviously taking control of what's going on. But I was more so upset with his handlers. Like somebody booked that venue. Somebody actually was like, this is a good idea. Let's put Kanye on a national stage with all kinds of reporters here and then have him just wing it. Like oh. wing it. Uh, and it was painful. Uh, but you know, they had handlers, but I can understand them just doing what Kanye tell them to do, but they didn't even do that part right. Like halftime, you couldn't hear Kanye because his mic was no louder than, than the people. It right. was like badly put together. Kanye, as you said, you know, just out there winging it with no good. The only policy position that he, that he forwarded that I like was that if you have a baby, you get a million dollars. Right. Right. You Every, everybody. How much I would be trying to get pregnant. If he, if he, <laughs> <laughs> I got four boys and, 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 and they ain't been worth um, nothing uh, to me. <laughs> Let me get a million dollars. I, I, I will push it out of wherever I got to push it out of. But don't let me not get my money. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the issue where, well, the big controversy is. He put personal family business of Kim Kardashian oh. out there. Um, and I think he definitely didn't have authorization to do that. And she let him know that. Uh, but the, the problem is, I think he did this all to make a statement as to why he is a pro-lifer. Right. Um, and I, I guess I'm still kind of torn. Well, we're trying to rationalize with somebody who obviously doesn't have full grip on reality. But I'm, I'm always torn when these people tell their, you know, harrowing stories of why they now are pro-lifers. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, that's great for you. Right. right. That's your kid. Congratulations. But everybody's not in that same situation. And I don't understand why we 
waste so much time historically as a country trying to regulate who should or couldn't have kids. Like, I don't understand if some, you know, and Kanye, he just has some very antiquated ideas about a lot of stuff, but you know, people like him. And surprisingly, there were a lot of people on social media that night who was like, yeah, I'm voting for Kanye, bump voting for Trump, vote for Kanye, bump voting for Biden, vote for Kanye. And I'm thinking to myself, this is how Donald Trump became president. (laughs) (laughs) It's exactly what it is. I want to vote for Kanye because he made uh, college dropout. And that's a high, <laughs> like, this is not the time. You vote for Kanye at the Grammys. You don't vote for Kanye. <laughs> Ain't nobody voting for Kanye at the Grammys about 10 years, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, 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 I agree. And, you know, the thing about those is, is, you know, it was at least it's over. You know, and this is the thing that I think that makes me mad about Trump is that Con- Trump, you know, basically came down the escalator said the same kind of crazy stuff that Kanye did, right? Mm-hmm. right? And people immediately were like, ooh, Kanye need to get back on his meds. Right? Mm-hmm. Trump, they took him seriously. Like, oh, let's have him on tomorrow and interview him. Ain't nobody, you ain't hear a good man more in America talking to Kanye. They found out he was a fool that, that Sunday, and they ain't talked to him since. Right. But right. somehow with Trump, it was okay. Same craziness, and they should have been just like that with him, but like, you know, we're done with you. You crazy? We just saw it. We're done. We're not talking about this anymore. This is just a waste of everybody's time. Right. And if we done that, we wouldn't have, you know, we wouldn't, wouldn't have, you know, the because here's the thing about it is, it oftentimes it probably doesn't matter who the president is, but mm-hmm. damn, boy, during a pandemic, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, so this is the thing. It's not even a past tense situation. It's not even like we we thought. It's right. the fact that I'm literally watching CNN last night is six people that they're interviewing uh, who were all Trump voters in the last presidential election. And they're doing a status check, like following up. Are you going to vote for Trump this November? The the panel is split three and three. Three won't vote for Trump. Three will. The fact that three people are still saying, oh, yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> Your your government and your jobs are shut down. Right. You're ready to be wide scale eviction. That's getting ready to be wide scale unemployment with no hope in sight because he didn't extend the protections. So all of this stuff is basically burning around you, but right. you can still fix your lips to say, "Yeah, that's my guy." And keep in mind, this is what really hurt you. It wasn't the, the white people who were Trump supporters. They they weren't for Trump anymore. At least on CNN. They weren't right. for Trump anymore. It was the black guy and the Latino woman who were caping for Trump. And I'm sitting there like, the main people who <laughs> don't need to be on TV right now talking about, yeah, Trump is my guy. It's you. So what are these checks clearing for? How much is he paying these people? You know, there's always somebody who wants to be you know, contrarian, the the, the, the next Terry Crews, yeah, right? And, oh, you know, or wow. Diamond and Silk. Matter of fact, you know, you and I didn't talk about this earlier, but there's a new Diamond and Silk out, right? New Diamond and Silk. I'm calling them Cubic Zarconia. <laughs> Cubic Zarconia and Polyester. There you um, go. <laughs> they they you actually have to upgrade to tell the truth. I don't think they didn't work that, but all right. But go ahead. <laughs> and, and, they, and it's like, you know, there, there's always, for lack of a better word, you know, how do I say this? There's a coon market. Right. 
There was, I found this out recently in, in connection with um, the Uncle Tom's Cabin. There used to be a Broadway or, you know, vaudeville groups or whatever, and they were called Tom Companies, where mm-hmm. if you need to find Uncle Tom to play in your play or whatever, you might not know who the local Uncle Tom was, so you could just call up, you know, and be like, hey, I need a Tom over here at four. And they'd be like, oh, we got two, right? Mm-hmm. There's always been a market for black people willing to sell the rest of us out, and it's a lucrative market. Right, you know, it, 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 you know, you could be Clarence Thomas, get a lifetime job, and there are, you know, good jobs out there to sell black people out. And there's always right. somebody want to take them, and so whenever they lose one, they can just get two more because yeah. you know they got they got these two brothers on the internet now, these two twins um, who mm-hmm. out there, you know, every week talking about you know this black brother, this brother deserved to be killed, and you know, and just uh, there's always somebody willing to do right that dirty work. Because it pays well. Right. Right. Well, you know, and I and I had had it with Candace Owens. Like, I, I thought this is the worst that it gets. But then you got those two sisters who painting over the Black Lives Matter mural in Times Square. They make it a big deal. And then it just looked like they were planted because the police officer was trying to act like he's struggling to get her to move. And then slips on wet paint and apparently... <laughs> dislocates his shoulder or something like that. It's just, it's so, it's three stooges level comedy. So, um, you know, the fact that we have so many people of the culture who are willing to sell us out and who are willing to take these positions at a time like this, like people aren't working, people are at home, people are legit struggling, trying to figure out how they're going to continue to put food on the table and pay bills. And you got people saying, oh, it ain't that bad. Stop wearing that mask. Stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, you actually are, you know, uniquely qualified to talk about this as, you know, as a housing expert. Explain to people what do you mean by all these people who are about to, to, to be homeless or, you know, be evicted. Oh, yes. So uh, the federal government has this uh, piece of legislation that was passed earlier in the summer called the CARES Act. And one of the uh, basic benefits of the CARES Act is that it granted a moratorium on evictions for anything that receives any sort of federal subsidy or that is federally backed. So if you have a landlord who has a federally backed mortgage, like an FHA okay. loan, something like that, he can't move forward with trying to evict you, or at least he couldn't move forward with trying to evict you based on non-payment of rent because of the CARES Act. Problem is this, people. The CARES Act expired on July 25th. Mm-hmm. We're recording the show tonight on July 29th. At the beginning of the week, there was conversation that this eviction moratorium was going to be pushed off. In addition to the evictions, uh, the CARES Act um, legislation also governs how much you get paid in unemployment and whether or not there's going to be another round of checks, another round of, of, of stimulus checks. So there's been a lot of infighting in the U.S. Senate. There's basically been no pen to paper in the U.S. Senate. And because nothing has happened in the, in the U.S. Senate, everything is now expired. And now there's conversation that they're, they're too far apart in negotiations to pass legislation that is needed to ensure that people who are renting stay in their homes. So we are projecting now in the United States, roughly about 24 million people are in jeopardy of being evicted through no fault of their own, just because coronavirus has your job shut down and your hours cut. Right. Um, 24 million people are getting ready to get evicted. 
And unless your state is one of the states that, you know, has some funds, some rainy day funds they put together and they say we want to protect you uh, or they issue a stay of eviction cases for an extended period of time, uh, then you are probably one of the people who are looking at being evicted. If you're in North Carolina, you certainly are one of the people who are looking at being evicted. And so I would encourage all of you, if you haven't done so already, call your senators because they obviously don't care. Uh, if you go to voicemail, you might need to do a smoke signal or email or just drive up to Washington and go find them because uh, obviously they, they play games. They don't care about you. And I don't think they realize the, the number of people who will be uh, left in the lurch, either through eviction or through just not receiving the appropriate level of unemployment benefits that they're supposed to get. I, I got to tell you, I'm surprised that it's taken this long. You know, we don't have a, like a social safety net in this country, right? And the right. fact that somehow we haven't with, you know, with, with record unemployment, we haven't had, you know, a, a significant number of people you know, who were facing these types of situations. Because here's the thing about the rent moratorium. It wasn't, the rent moratorium was always just going to be a temporary um, foreclosure or a temporary eviction stoppage, but it was not going to keep you in your place because every month that you get behind is a month you're never going to catch up. Absolutely. And so eventually when they lift the moratorium, you were never going to be able to give you, know, if they had said, hey, to rent freeze. We're either going to pay your rent for you or you're not going to have, you know, be able to, you know, or you can push that back or whatever. But it was never going to be like a good solution. That's not what we do in America. And, and so, you know, the fact that it's taken this long is almost surprising to me. But, you know, it, it's, it's going to get worse. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, see, that's a, of which the question is, is it going to get um, Will Smith bad? <laughs> um, I don't know if it's gonna be that quite that bad. I <laughs> and for those of you who forgot, maybe you you were in a cave somewhere. Um, it, it, it Will and Jada came to the red uh, table uh, mm. to talk about. You know what? No need to 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 tell you because we actually have a clip here about. Um, what happened, what had happened was. <laughs> you and I decided we were going to take our space and what happened. Yeah. And then I got into an entanglement with August, an entanglement with August, an entanglement with August, an entanglement, an entanglement, an entanglement with August, an entanglement. With August, entanglement with August, entanglement, entanglement, entanglement with August, entanglement with August, entanglement with August, an entanglement, an entanglement, an entanglement with August. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened was. Now, for those who may not remember, August Alcina, he's a singer rapper, um, <laughs> but he. <laughs> Was on a uh, Angela Yee interview a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah, and she asked him, you know, very benign questions, you know, in her regular way to try to try to get information, but not right. try too hard. And August Alcina, you know, went on this, you know, I'm not gonna say a tirade. He opened up and was very honest about what was going on, and he said, "Yeah, you know, 
Will Smith gave me his blessing to get with Jada Pinkett, right? So when this happened, everybody started going crazy because we all knew that he was living in the house. Uh, so everybody went crazy and it forced Jada Pinkett, one of the co-creators of the Red Table, where they bring everybody to account for their sins. It forced her to have to bring herself to the Red Table talk. But instead of getting her mom or getting Willow or getting Jaden, who's the main person that need to be there because that's his best friend, <laughs> instead of getting any of those people to come in, she went and got her partner, her spouse, uh, Will Smith. And what followed was about 20 minutes of the most painful <laughs> interview I've ever seen, the most emasculating interview I've ever seen. Uh, and you know, it just this this concept of an entanglement in and of itself with some kid who is friends with your uh, one of your children, uh, but who is obviously a 24 year old man who was dealing with some of his own personal mental health issues or whatever, but moved in under, I guess, the guise of helping him cope or learn how to cope. Uh, and she Did helped he him. She lost her parent. Did he lose his mother or something? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's, it's a lot of stuff he's doing. I think there was some mental illness. I think he did lose some people that were close to him. I think there was also some uh, molestation issues from before. So it was a lot going on. Um, but nonetheless, uh, they had an entanglement. Now, the issue is that he said he was very clear that Will had gave his blessing. Will was clear that he, you know, him, Will and Jada were clear that they don't have any way of giving blessing for another person. Right. Uh, you know, Will has no power over that. He said that they were on the breaks uh, in a relationship and they thought at the time that the relationship was going to be over. And while they were, you know, separate and apart, August moved in. Uh, Jada, August had this relationship and what have you. Uh it looks like for all intents and purposes, uh, August wised up when he realized that they were still married and they were still planning to be together and saw himself out of the relationship. But it's very convenient that the details of the relationship come out you know, just a few days before the album drops. So <laughs> no, no, it's not convenient. You understand that. And, and you know, <laughs> that, 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 that's the thing I want to think about. It. You know, you, you're too young to remember this, but I remember Paula Abdul. All right. Mm -hmm. She wasn't straight up about nothing until the album was coming out. And then she was, you know, all straight up about her and Arsenio. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, let me tell you, right, when the album is coming out. So, you know, that, that, that's, that, that's the n number one marketing tool for album is to tell somebody you've been sitting with somebody, not all by right, my record, man. so you can hear all about right. it. Um, now the thing, you know, that, that, that to me is a couple things here, and I'm going to do something that I should not do. I don't really have the authority to do, but I think I can do it. I'm going to speak at least for all black men. I think I'm going to speak for most men. Ladies, if you have an entanglement, this is 21st century, all right? You know, you, you own your own body, body autonomy. You do, you know, sister, you roar, all right? Roar like a lion, uh, but you need to roar quiet. <laughs> all right um it is none of your man's business all right um who you had entangled with, with with and he don't need to know he certainly don't need to know uh on on the internet uh um, <laughs> you tell him and you just whisper to him while he sleep one night and he you know and if he get it that's good but if he don't he don't wake up i guess he just missed it 
And, and, and you'd be happy about it. That's the number one rule in my marriage. My wife and I have been married for 28 years. And the number one rule in our marriage is if she um, have a little something with the pool boy, um, I'm not supposed to know. Right. That, that, that's really that, that's really all that, that that's the only that's the only rule we really got. Um, there's a lot of rules that apply to me actually. I, I got a lot of rules, but, 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 but that's the only rule she really has. Uh, just don't let me know because what what you're not gonna do is have all the other rappers who already have been calling me soft and all kind of other stuff um, making mixtapes oh, about me goodness. and diss tracks. Absolutely. Absolutely, I mean. I, I have resolved in myself to say that Will Smith deserves the humanitarian award. Will Smith <laughs> is the best version of a of, of a man I have ever seen. Because to be able to to have the depth to sit there and hear about your wife, and not just hear, like it's not like she just came out and was like, "Yeah, I had a relationship. It is what it is. We moving on." It was like detailed. It was emotional. It was like he made me feel so good. <laughs> I hadn't felt good in a long time. He had emotional girth. You know what I'm saying? Like some little things like that. I was like, yo, this is too much. We don't need a recap. Right? So, but he sat there. He, he took it. Right? And then uh-huh. he even had a joke at the end. He was like, we ride together. We die together. Right. marriage for life. Uh, you know, He's just better than me. I can't see me or any any man that I know. Right. I, I can't see him sitting there recapping this and actually being at the table this whole time and just dealing with it. And I know it's probably wrong. I know the sisters are listening like, well, y'all need to, you know, women put up with way more. And you're probably right. But at the, at the same time, something about a man's pride and ego you can't put your pride in situations like this. Yo, you can't, can't be at the red table recapping. No, no, exactly. Well, and here's the thing about it was, you know, and, and, and I'm glad it's out now. A lot of you have seen it now. Hamilton is out, right? And right. I thought we learned two things from Hamilton. One, do not duel. Right, and I thought that was a pretty easy <laughs> one. Right. And, and, and the second one was if you mess up, and I'm not saying, you know, it doesn't happen to people. But what really screwed up Alexander Hamilton is that he spilled the tea, right? You need to mm-hmm. let that stuff be a, you know, you don't see Thomas Jefferson, all right? And he was out there raping people, but you don't yep. see him in it, right? You like, yep. you know, the stuff that you need, if you do, you just need to, to take that with you, you know, and I, you know, I don't care if you have, and, and here's the weird part, like, you know, it was just his allegation. He just, I mean, he just simply said, you know, this happened. And the way to answer that is to not. Right. Don't call him a liar. Just be like, what are y'all talking about? Oh, please. He got an album coming out. Right. Come on. I, mean, I know why I got to give you the lie. And, you know, goddamn it, the two actors, they can't, they can't figure out no better than that. <laughs> they can't act like they're innocent. Oh, man. It was painful. Painful. It was very, very painful. Um, and you know, I mean, you know, most, I mean, I mean, it's like, what are you, what are you going to do? And like you said, women put up with way worse. You have to, you know, deal with that. But I always feel bad for the woman who has to stand there too, looking silly. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you know, don't leave, don't make your wife come out there. The guys, you too, right? You know, you get caught in whatever. Don't make your wife come out there and stand next to you. All right, for the stuff you did. Or you just stand out there right. by yourself. You were, you were doing the stuff by yourself. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you, former mayor. Um. You know what we're talking about. I'm not going to mention him. 
Don't bring your wife out there. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, which one? It's like, hell out of <laughs> Good point. Uh, uh, very, 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 very good point. I guess it, yeah, it, it's hard to narrow it down these, these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, you know, ridicule may mean something different in Hollywood. Like, if you filthy rich, you may not care about the Instagram and social media memes that are going right. on. But the, the, the quality laugh that people got out of seeing Will Smith's hurt face, they went and they put a tapestry of his different sad faces from, uh, <laughs> from, from the episode of Fresh Prince where his dad didn't want him and they, they redid that as if it was Jada not wanting him. They did the meme with uh, his face from, um, Pursuit of Happiness when he was crying in the bathroom. And it was just, it was just the onslaught against Will Smith that I felt like, oh my God, somebody needs to check on him. And, you know, you know, the problem is it's the internet and you know the internet is rough. Like, you know the internet is not going to ever, right? Um, you know, be chill and be like, you know, respectful about stuff, right? And if you're a rapper, right, that is just not good. That's not on brand. Right. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, I'm hoping maybe they're showing us the honest way of, you know, what I saw from it is two people who were committed to making their marriage work no matter how good or bad it was. And I've also seen, you know, that maybe Jada's not that in the will. Like, maybe that's what it is. And I I feel sorry for him. I hate it for him. I hate it. And you know what? This is the, the part. I talked to my wife about this, too. I said, look, the problem is this. For me as a guy, I look at somebody, you know, my whole goal is I want to be the guy that she can be proud of, right? Yeah. So you do things to get in shape. You do things to make sure you get financial security. You do things to show her that you care. For a guy to be as sentimental as Will, as rich as Will, and try to keep in shape as Will, if he can't win, right, <laughs> he can't win. Now, this is pieces of narrative of impossibility. Like, it's just not, it's not, it's not possible. He had this house custom made just for Jada. And she done moved August Alcina in there. Now, every time you walk in the house, you got to think about her legs up in the air with August Alcina. It's, uh, it's not going to be good. Right? <laughs> that, 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 that's where you, 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 you take it too far. I'm sure it was respectful. Um, in it's own way. <laughs> Um, I'm just talking. I, I don't even know what to say, really, because um, uh, 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 I, I'm I'm trying to pull this up from uh the the internet now. To ah, there it is. We got it. I want to play uh Will and, and Jada thing. The, the, the clip you were talking about is a famous scene from um from Fresh Prince in which mm-hmm. Will's um daddy natural father the biological father um you know kept running in and out of his life right and he had plans he was going to go with his father and his father you know got some better idea and decided he was going to leave will and will would just had it and and and, and you talking about you know not be able to satisfy anybody i, I could see he felt this way for jada too here's here's here's, here's the clip do nothing no fail you know Hey, this ain't five years ago, you know? Ain't like I'm gonna be sitting up every night asking my wife, when's August coming over, you know? Who needs him, right? I had a couple trash movies, right? Wild Wild West, that was garbage, right? I, Robot, that was a subpar movie. 
Okay, seven pounds was born, right? Right? But I did Bad Boys 1, Bad Boys 2, I Am Legend. Hey, August is 14 when I did Pursuit of Happiness. He's 21 years younger than her. To hell with them! I ain't need a then and I don't need a now. Now, you know what, Uncle Phil? I'm gonna do Bad Boys 4 without her. I'm gonna do I Am Legendary without her. I'm gonna do a CD. I'm gonna do a whole bunch of songs. It'll be the best CD there ever was. And I sure as hell don't need it for that, because all she gonna do is throw Tupac in my face in front of my kids. How come she don't want me, man? <laughs> you know the worst thing about that, Jesse? What's I pulled that off of YouTube from July 10th. That's the day the story came out. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had time to go pull up the Dr. F the, 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 the Fresh Prince clip and then dub over it. <laughs> and it sounded pretty good, too. It sounded like it was him. <laughs> Oh so here's gosh. the thing is, understand if this happens uh, in, in, in your marriage, and stuff happens in a marriage is a long time. You know, with Prince told us, forever somebody a long time. Right. But no, the internet's longer. <laughs> and you might get over it and be okay with it, and I respect you for it, uh, but the internet ain't going to respect you so much. So just stop it. Just, just shut up. Learn oh, to lie. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, speaking of people that the Internet has not been showing a large degree of respect to, um, Megan Thee Stallion, who uh, I'm actually a, a huge fan of, she endured what I would consider to be the black trifecta. Like, this is the worst possible night a black person could have in life. Let's just recap. So we don't know what the details of the story are, but we do know she was in a car with another rapper by the name of Tory Lanez. And while she was in this car, she was shot in the foot. We're assuming by Tory Lanez because he was charged ultimately uh, with possession of a firearm. Uh, she was shot in the foot. And when the police came to stop the car, they had her do a number of tests as if like she was trying to just lay down because, of course, she'd been shot. And they were trying to have her do tests as if she was drunk driving or she was doing something wrong or whatever the case may be. So what's crazy is she had domestic violence, she got shot, and she had a police encounter all in the same hour, right? Um, That's and what happened is, you know, she, she didn't want to talk about it. She was trying to do her own recovery. And, you know, all these people started coming in with jokes and memes and uh, all this stuff, just like talking about stuff that they didn't know about adding facts to the equation, uh, you know, everybody getting involved. And, I, you know, it's funny because I've always thought, you know, Megan is, is extremely talented. I'm, as I get older, the sex symbol part is kind of like, and, eh, you know, you, when, when you see somebody who actually does have talent, it's like, oh, but you could be doing so much more. Um, so, you know, like at this point, I'm like, wow, she's talented. She's got this going on. But now I feel like she's kind of imprisoned in this, concept of being a sex symbol or being you know mean being emotionless like being a machine mm. and now people feel like they are inclined to make jokes about her or whatever so she tried to come back yesterday on social media 
And she put up a post and it was a pretty, I think it's like a 10 minute post. And while she's talking and kind of describing about, you know, I don't need fake friends and blah, blah, blah. I could feel the, like the, the father, the husband, the friend in me could feel. I was like, she's going to cry. Like she's not, she hasn't processed this yet. And sure enough, when you get to like minute four, she starts crying. She's trying to fight it, but she starts crying, but she's still trying to be, you know, pretty and all that stuff and just sell sex symbol. Right. Mm-hmm. She's trying to do it. And I was just thinking like, this is not healthy, right? This is not good. I don't understand when in society we became people who were just so fascinated with somebody's legit physical injury and harm that we were just a making up rumors about what was happening. B um, just, you know, laughing and joking or whatever. And I get regular people, you know, we want to, we need something to laugh about to take our mind off the pressures that we dealing with. Right. But this was just a situation that I think the number of celebrities that came out that were against her, uh, the number of people in general that came out that were against her without even having the facts. And it just shows you that the Internet is not necessarily anybody's friend. The Internet is here for entertainment. And that's it. It's, it's not you you telling me the Internet's not that, that all my friends on Facebook are not my best friends. Is that what you're telling me? Because don't tell me that. <laughs> These people don't love me and would not give their lives to me because I will not believe it. They love me, damn it. Well, they may. I mean, you know, if, if mm-hmm. the is to have them drink this ionite Kool Aid and see and see <laughs> see if they'll do it on on a watch party. Trust me, if, 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 I, if I get shot, they'd be all making their little crotch jokes. Right. <laughs> I don't trust nothing. I don't trust none of y'all. I'm telling you that now to your faces. Right. Right. Over the internet. You you you'll be you'll be clowning me too, just like making. Now I have to confess. When I first heard the story, I didn't even know who she was. And I was, of course, you know, in, in, intrigued, um, maybe embarrassed, a little weirded about, about the name. Um, it didn't sound like, you know, a real thing to me. Um, and then I started hearing, you know, people were, cause she got shot in, in, in the toe. So people were like making Harlem Knights jokes. Right. Like the pinky toe. I'm like, man, y'all are just vicious. Vicious. The internet is not right. There's a lot of you need Jesus. I'm not gonna name you personally, but I could. Mm. Y'all need now. Y'all need some help. Yeah, not like need. me. They need Jesus. You know what they need to do? They need to try Jesus. <laughs> oh, try yeah. me. That's <laughs> what they need to do. Good thing we got the clip here. I don't know about you, but this is my daily devotional. This is all I listen to people. We're gonna we're gonna move, have a little church up in here. Yes. Mm, mm, this 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 good Jesus here. Try Jesus, not me, cause I throw hands. Try Jesus, please don't try me, because I'm fine. Touch me or mine, we gon' have to scrap. So, try Jesus, please don't try me, because I'm fine. I have no problem laying these hands. 
try Jesus. Don't try me. Cause I throw hands. Try Jesus. Please don't try me. Because I fight. Send the ties. That's what I'm oh. saying. I, I don't need <laughs> Now, ooh, that, 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 that might not be good Jesus, but that's good 2020. <laughs> I, I think Jesus would approve that message. I, I think <laughs> Jesus would approve that message. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, you know, I've been watching a lot of boondocks recently, okay. which, which I don't recommend if you still want to like black people a lot. Because uh, I'm not sure I ever really did. Every episode, I'm pretty sure he didn't like black people. But but he had one episode where, where Dr. King came back. Right. And had to curse out people. And, and, and I feel that that, that we that if Dr. King had lived, uh, we would have heard him curse by now. Oh, for sure. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. And I don't mean like, you know, the shit of damn. I mean the good ones. He would have got in, you know, the, the real bad ones at some point. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and I, don't, I don't blame them because this is this is it's, it's absolutely ridiculous out here now. Yeah, I mean, I think that what we are seeing in American society in general, I think there's some to some degree an awakening that's happening. Uh, the words of this song are very relevant to what's going on right now <laughs> because people are like, "Look, we tired of it. We've been asking for bare minimum right for a really long time." And y'all either pretend that you don't hear it or you don't care. But now we got Karens coming out of the woodwork, screaming at people at Walmart. We got people walking around trying to snatch masks off folks. We got people who are, you know, police officers spraying tear gas and rubber bullets at people for peaceful protesting. And I think we are just about, not, not quite there yet, but just about at the line where this thing goes haywire and it teeters. And I think the, the blame, I put the blame of this on the reopened United States people. You know why? Because the reopened United States people, they came out with their guns mm-hmm. and they were upset with their state governors and general assemblymen for shutting down the government. And when they came and they raided those state capitals with their guns, they got met with handshakes, immediate change. <laughs> it's oh, immediate. immediate change. And it made people who have been marginalized in this country feel like I've been asking peace doing what you told me to do for decades. And you still don't care. I think when we started the peaceful protest, this stuff started initially over trying to get um uh the, the killers of Ahmaud Arbery brought. They not even police. But then it's like you killed George Floyd and you're gonna kill Breonna Taylor. Like right. you just don't even care. You don't even care. So at this point, it was like people started coming out, doing their nonviolent thing, and then the police want to attack you for being nonviolent. So 
all of this stuff is to say, I think people are slowly teetering towards that jump off point where people are going to say, all right, well, since you obviously didn't take it to Jesus and you bring it to me, then we're going to have to throw hands. That's the way that this is going to work. You, you know, I, the, best, the best line I ever heard was from the 40 year old virgin. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, 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 but basically, <laughs> you're the brother who was working in the store, right? A little tie on, you know, trying to be a good corporate citizen. And Kevin Hart was, was messing with him. Mm-hmm. And, and finally, he got to the point where he, Kevin Hart pissed him off so much, he was like, you know what? Nigga here now. You want to see a nigga, nigga here now. And America is about to see about 40 million. Um, yeah. I don't think, you know, it's going to turn out the way they thought it was. Uh, because, um, you know, um, how do I say it? Some of us, uh, I, I, I told you, here's the thing about it is, you know, some people, uh, I'm not gonna mention who they are, are armed. I don't even, I ain't even armed. You see me, Jesse, I, I'm in my backyard practicing boxing. <laughs> I want the personal satisfaction of whooping somebody's ass. Not no shooting nobody. You can't get the goods. I want the personal satisfaction. All right, of getting some of that 400 years out of someone's ass. Um, and so, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, um, you know, keep, keep, keep messing around. Keep asking, America. Keep asking. And, and what I've noticed, I mean, I don't know if you all know, we were talking about the internet earlier. There are a lot of people who make that mistake almost on a daily basis to very detrimental results. Mm-hmm. And I get a kick out of watching it. So, <laughs> No, I was just letting y'all know. If you want to go to Walmart, make sure you pick the right person to run up on. Because <laughs> if it doesn't work out for you, it will go viral, and it'll probably be me sharing the thousands of dollars. Just I don't know about you, but remember, you know, um, World Star been out there forever. I thought that was the most ignorant thing in the world, right? Five right. years ago, I would never share anything about you know people fighting and what kind of ignorance of is that. And now right. I'm like you. I'm, I'm sitting there. I, I wake up at two in the morning looking at World, World Star. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but I think people got to learn one way or another. And I think if you've already tried to do the nonviolent route, you tried to go through your government, through your representatives and senators, they don't want to listen. You tried to go to the local government, to the mayors and city councilmen, they don't want to listen. You try to tell the police directly, mm-hmm. they don't want to listen. You try to tell white people in general to educate them. They want to act like they don't know, right? So when all of these things happen, I don't know what alternatives you really leave people with. Uh, everything can't be reliant on the ballot. Like everything can't be, oh, well, you know, in November you get a chance to vote. No, you're going to respect me today. Okay. <laughs> and, and by the way, that, that November thing is overrated. You know, I, I got, we got our early ballots for the primary here in Arizona, right? right. So I'm like, all right, let me go ahead and do my civic duty. Don't know why. Everybody running on the polls. Right. <laughs> right. In the Democratic primary, they you know, they all want to have Gabby Gifford's uh husband, you know, with his, you know, neo you know, his conservative self. But anyway, the point is though, it's like, you know, the ballot's not gonna change any of this, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 eventually now now for our, our, our beloved white listeners and, and fans and friends, um here's what I'm gonna suggest you do, because I wanna help you and uh, help yourself and, and help us. Here's what you need to do. Uh, you need to start giving black people money. 
Um, Good idea. Think of it as you know a, a pre thank you note uh, for, 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 so that you get exempted from from the from the ass whooping. Maybe we'll give you a bumper sticker or something to put on your car uh, so we don't have to pull you out of it. But I, I, because I'm telling you, I saw we we, we saw this week uh, with with with, with um, Mackenzie Scott who mm-hmm. used to be Bezos. You know what? Forget it. Shaniqua Scott. Uh, she has earned it. She. <laughs> She, because she is catering the cookout, so she damn sure get to come. Oh, yes. Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, all right, the, you know, co-founder of Amazon, gave. Uh, I'm looking at six schools here. She gave 150 million dollars to six HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, we appreciate that support. And, and exactly. And by the way, you know, Sister uh, Shaniqua, there are a few more. So, so go on and, and get your people to come on back. And uh, we got Fam you to give some money to. We got yes. about eight more. Alcorn said, but 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 she did give money to. Let's see. I just want to list it out here. Howard got forty mil. Uh, mm-hmm. Morehouse, Spellman, Xavier, and Tuskegee got uh, twenty. Hampton got thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, she's you know doing her part. You know, she definitely, you know, if I have to go out, and, she ain't going to get an ass whooping. I know that. All right. Nobody. <laughs> we keeping her. Right. And and trust and believe that the HBCU presidents is going to be right out there, just like they was in the meeting with Trump. They're going to be right <laughs> out there. <laughs> She's not going anywhere. Ain't nobody touching her. Um, no, but it's it's really interesting. You know, one of the things on one hand, you look at this situation and you say, this is amazing that she donated. These are the highest uh, donations to HBCUs in, at one sitting that people have ever seen. Right. And it's really picking up for what the government hasn't been doing and trying to make sure that they reinvest in HBCUs. But on the other hand, you look at this and as you know, somebody who's working, trying to make a living. You look at this and you like you have enough money just on your off day, right? <laughs> just be like, oh yeah, let me say, uh, let me say six HBCUs from the brink of bankruptcy today. You're welcome, and uh, and now I'm gonna go get my nails done. Like, is it? <laughs> wow, wow, that is severe income inequality all well, around. Well, no, it, it, it's so severe, in fact, that the money she gave away, all right, is less. Then, you know, a tenth of the extra money she's made during the pandemic, you know, the one that we talk, we just talked about how it's going to, people are going to lose their homes yep. and all that, you yep. know, she's been making all the money. Um, mm-hmm. and so you're right, you know, it's not like it was a, you know, great sack. She, you know, put way, you know, her kids ain't going to be skinny, right? You know, she wow. didn't, they're not losing, missing any meals over there. But on the other hand, though, considering that, like you said, you know, these schools have been around for hundreds, a hundred years or more, most of them, and have never gotten this kind of money from anybody. So we got to give her her props. At least somebody was thinking about. Um, but I think she's been watching those 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 videos and know that that you know she don't want to get these hands. Yeah, def- definitely don't because that's one one thing we can do. <laughs> <laughs> we may not be able to achieve global liberation, but one thing we can do: not be black. And if you don't believe me, try a black person. Try them like right after they get off work. <laughs> that leeway between work and when they get home before they get a chance to get comfortable like just try them and <laughs> see what happens even friendly black people I think that we hold a lot in to make it through the day and some of us 
sweat on our watches as the time ticks slowly towards five o'clock. Cause there's a in, there's an internal real you. That's like, are you going to let her, you going to put up with these microaggressions all day? Yeah. You going to let her touch your hair like that? <laughs> you just going to let her talk about black people like that? And you're like, I need this job. I need to pay my water bill. I'm, I'm in debt. Sally Mae won't stop calling. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, when my mother got militant, I told you, I think she didn't join the nation. <laughs> and, and, you know, and she probably sneaking pork, but, but she, you know, I'm like, but my mother, you know, deacon of the church got militant. I'm like, this is, this, this, you know, this is getting, getting serious, getting real up in here. Getting real. Um, and, and you know it is it's, it's going to be that way. Now I guess we should lead us to our sort of last thing we can we can talk about here, which is you know this week we lost two lions. Absolutely, absolutely. So this week we we lost John Lewis and C T Vivian. Now for those who don't know, uh, the civil rights movement, which is the quintessential movement that everybody compares their. Uh, social justice fight against mm-hmm. civil rights movement was composed of various components, right? You had the student nonviolent coordinating committee, had the Southern Christian leadership conference. Uh, you had, well, a, a number of groups in addition to those who just came together for the purpose of demonstrations, came the purpose of fundraising, the purpose of planning. So you have well, someone well, like, make sure we get all, you know, we're talking about also the nation of Islam sort of had it. Right. Promise from Malcolm X. Then we had right. um, the uh, Black Panthers. Right. We had brothers right. um, like Stokely Carmichael. You Absolutely. know, there were a lot of different voices and different people, um, and, you know, and, and, and coming together in that context. So we make sure we, you know, we don't just think it's all Dr. King out there by himself. Absolutely, definitely not. And as a matter of fact, uh, these were people who were uh, part and parcel to. Uh, the movement that had Dr. King front and center as, right. as the, uh, as the face. So C.C. Vivian, uh, if you ever think about, you know, I wonder how Martin Luther King thought of where to go, what demonstrations to do, what people needed. C.C. Vivian was actually the architect right. for these movements. So he was a strategist. He was the person that says this will give the best effect in this particular city or this particular state. Uh, and that's how they kind of planned. John Lewis was part of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, and they all converged in Birmingham on the march of Edmund Pettus Bridge when, you know, we knew, well, we as a people knew that Bull Connor, who was the sheriff in Birmingham at the time, decided that he was going to take the rule of law in his own hands. And no matter what nonviolent thing black people did, it was automatically going to be a violation of epic proportions for him. So when people were trying to march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in the hopes of getting and securing voting rights, he went and turned the police on people, the fire department on people, uh, you know, and all of the horrifying video that we see of mm-hmm. Birmingham, when people getting beat, including John Lewis, right? Including John Lewis, people who got brutalized all because they had the nerve to nonviolently walk across a bridge and demand to be able to vote in the election. Um, and so since that time, we've seen John Lewis evolve from a young man who's who's trying to lead the student nonviolent coordinating committee to becoming a, a congressman who is able to then sign into law and to, and to kind of enforce 
the Voting Rights Act, the main thing that is in in question or in jeopardy right now. Right. Right. So in order to secure voting rights for us, which have already at this point been so I think in North Carolina is gerrymandered with surgical precision. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. He was able to sign a bill that secured those rights. He's been a proponent of everything from Congressional Black Caucus, uh, from being a participant in every possible social justice movement for black lives that you can imagine. John Lewis was on the ground in Ferguson, right? We're not talking about a young man anymore. We're talking about Congressman John Lewis as an older man still felt it important enough to be on the ground and be part of the resistance and people walking through to demand that cops stop killing us. Right. So we lose John Lewis after uh, his battle. We lose C.T. Vivian. Oddly enough, we lose both of them in the same week, which is weird. Um, but the the question comes when you lose these like great champions of, of civil rights and social justice, who sprouts up to take those positions for this new era, for this new age of activism? And I don't know that we necessarily know anyone who is doing that. It looks like movements in general have changed and evolved in the way they operate. So even when we took a look at the Black Lives Matter movement, you don't see a designated head or a designated right. president or spokesperson, a spokesperson. Right. You don't see that designated face. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I can I can see that people may not necessarily want to be in the crosshairs when the government decides to infiltrate your organization, uh, as we've seen has happened with Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Huey Newton, you name it. Um, they, they 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 were out. Um, but I think the other thing is that it also creates a challenge because it doesn't seem to be one combined national narrative that is really pushing the envelope for all the things that the black community is asking for. Right. So whereas we should be asking for equity in the form of reparations, rights to housing, um, livable wages, uh, you know, safe, safe living spaces. In all these things that we should be asking for, what happens is we ultimately get reduced to our most basic request, which is Black Lives Matter. Please don't kill us. And it, it seems to me that it makes it so much easier for the powers that be to simply say no. Right. There's nothing else. That's it. And if we can't even get the, our basic humanity acknowledged then the question becomes, what hope do you have of securing actual equity? Right. You know, and, and, you know, and we could talk about this and we will for, for a second, but I mean, you know, it's a longer conversation and maybe we should actually have a whole show on this and, 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 and invite, uh, you know, do a live show so we can get some feedback. So I don't think any of us have the answer here. You know, mm-hmm. there's a couple things at play though, which is, you know, there's not the temptation to think, well, maybe we're having a, a failure of leadership. We don't have good leaders like, you know, like, like, like brother, um, Lewis and, 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 and Vivian. But I'm not sure if it's not so much that, but just a different mindset and ethos of how we do things now. The idea of having one person up front. Remember, Vivian is, is, you know, is a guy behind the scenes, but he's letting King get the, the, you know, the, the, what, the Nobel Prize, all the media attention. He's just doing his thing behind the scenes, right? 
Right. And, and we seem to have a problem with, you know, with wanting to appoint anybody as sort of, you know, our, our supreme, you know, our, our head leader. Right. And so we have people who sometimes, you know, take some leadership position, but then there's infighting that, that goes on. And that happened during during King's time, too. But it seems to be sort of greatly, you know, I'm not sure we're the followers that, um, you know, our our ancestors or, our, you know, the people in the 60s were. They could follow a leader. I'm not sure we could do that. The fact that we looked it up before the show that we couldn't find a leader for Black Lives Matter, like someone who we would say was a president of the national chapter. They have local chapters. And my guess is that just like we talked about the group of 100 black men, um, great organization, but it's not centralized in any one sense that, you know, nationally, these are the four things they care about. It's sort of more on a chapter by chapter basis. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we, we, we tried to decentralize a lot of power like that, which has some some power, some advantages, but the problem is, you know, I think the advantage you have is that when they kill your leader, and they, and they likely will, you don't have that, you know, that, 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 um, you know, crippling effect, right? Right. I'm not sure you ever get enough of the benefits of, of concerted action. You know, if you ask, if, if white people said tomorrow, okay, black people, here, we're going to give you one thing on your list. We'd probably have a civil war trying to figure out what that one thing is. Mm. When back then they were like, okay, we want first, we want you know civil rights act, and we want voting rights act, we want the you know I mean they had like an agenda that they could go through line by line, right? And had some general agreement. Now they weren't all agreed on strategy, but at least there seemed to be enough of a consensus that you know you could have some wins. And now you know I'm wondering just you know it. it you know, we've lost a lot um, with, the, with these guys gone and, and, you know, can't begrudge them. They, they, they definitely, what I was blown away with is their ability. You know, John Lewis starts this in college and it never mm -hmm. ends for him. Absolutely. I, you know, I, 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 I might be working for the Klan in two years. I don't know me. <laughs> two, you think about his whole life, he never wavered. Didn't go, you know, I've done enough. I'm done with y'all. Yeah. yeah. Never got discouraged. Never been like, you know what, I'm sick of this. I've been fighting for 50 years. Kept going. Mm. That's amazing. It is. And, and I, you know, one of the things that uh, I teach in my social justice lawyering class is you have to always look at kind of the technology that's at play during these uh, movements, right? So if you look at Thurgood Marshall, all the great work he was doing, he was arguing cases in every state in the South to establish not to establish new rights for black people, but to establish the fact that we already had these rights. Right. And that the states were the ones who were infringing on them. So he did this in a time where the news only traveled through newspaper and telegram, which what that means is by the time. They were able to rally up the Klansmen to come get him. He was already on a train headed to another state. Right. right. And one of the things um, that a lot of people don't know is when young Martin Luther King first started sticking his toe into civil rights um, movement and demonstrating, Thurgood Marshall used to write him letters. Right. And Thurgood Marshall would write a letter and be like, you are trying to get yourself killed out here right. because you are doing too much. Right. <laughs> and, and the whole concept was Martin Luther King, as a young man, was cognizant that now in America, there was this new thing called the television. And every family seemed to have a television set 
in the house, and the television played news programming at 6 o'clock when everybody was eating dinner. So his thought process, along with C.T. Vivian and everybody who's working with him, is if we are able to show the violence that is perpetuated against black people, nonviolent black people, uh, and force America to watch and consume it every day at 6 o'clock with their dinner with their family, then at some point, folks are going to have discussions and they won't be able to be neutral. You're going to have to get involved and either say, I'm against it or I'm with them. Right. Right. And that was the goal. And as a young Martin Luther King, that was a very uh, polarizing goal, but it did galvanize a lot of our community to join up. I look at nowadays. Nowadays, we have social media and social media can be a great thing and social media can be a horrific thing. The great thing about it is you can reach a lot of people in a very small amount of time. Right. So if you have a good message and you have a nice set of followers, you can meet everybody less than two minutes. But the bad thing about it is social media is able to create and perpetuate their own narratives so that even if you have the best intentions of heart to go out here and say, I want to do this for the community, you will meet resistance undoubtedly. If nothing else, you will meet resistance from people who don't even put a real picture up on the social media platform. <laughs> who want to hate on what you're trying to do. Right. right. So in, in so doing, what people look to in this day and age is they look to validation. And what does validation look like? Validation looks like someone who's already popular and who's already out here doing uh, social justice that everybody can connect to, but who also has a very active social media page with thousands of followers and people that support them. And oftentimes, even as you, you know, kind of transcend that collective, what you come to realize is a lot of people on social media who you think are all about the community and promoting us and elevation and all that really are just there to hear themselves talk and get it retweeted. Like, <laughs> and they aren't really working in the community like that. Meanwhile, you have folks who are working in the community day in, day out, who are basically not getting paid at all, or if getting paid, get paid in peanuts um, for the tremendous work that they are doing. And so in, in a 2020, uh, 2020 era, the, the issue comes in that everybody needs to be able to take care of themselves, take care of their families, feed themselves, clothe themselves. But at the same time, that becomes very hard to do when the act that you want to do to bring your community along with you is not popularly accepted by the money class. If anything, it's actually, you know, the antithesis of what the money class is all about. Right. Uh, which, which brings us really kind of back to where the, the, the point of people who sell out or who coon for a living, that's where they come from. They say, okay, well, I don't mind throwing everybody, you know, under the bus. If you go take care of me and mine. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I think the technology in and of itself creates a, a prime opportunity. But what I would hope for our community, knowing and understanding that it's not monolithic, I think that we could all come up with 10 points that we all believe are non-negotiable in the pursuit of equity. And I think that that should be our 10 point platform. I think that we shouldn't necessarily wait for uh, a leader or wait for the right circumstances. I think that we can voice that. And if it's an issue that comes up that is not part of those 10 points, then we don't necessarily have an opinion on that right now. 
But the 10 points, I think, is something that we really, really need to emphasize just so we can form some kind of collective that has solidarity. Well, see, when you just mentioned a, a great point, though, and the idea, and this is something that's, you know, absolutely almost illegal on the Internet, all right, is to not have an opinion about something. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things is that, you know, there should be a time where everyone wasn't allowed to speak for the community. Imagine if you or I, you know, you and I often speak, you know, about these issues, you know, right. we think quite eloquently, but the thing that's interesting is there was a time where, you know, you and I, they would have would it if we would have come up to Dr. King and be like, you know, after they'd be like, you know what, grown folks talking here. Right, right, right. Right? Um, there's a time in which, you, you know, I, I think, you know, the Internet is, is great. It, it's created this, you know, democracy of opinions and everybody can have one. But there was a time of, you know, of sort of hierarchy in which, <laughs> you know, you had to prove your stripes. And so, for instance, like you said, you know, the idea of not having an opinion now, I don't know about you, but I don't express opinions about a lot of stuff. Right. And it doesn't have to be at all reasonable. And it'd be nice, like you said, if someone would be like, you know what, that's not my area of expertise. We're not talking about that. All I want is this, because mm-hmm. Dr. King was good about that. You know, he wasn't, you know, the environment, for instance. I'm sure he didn't want, you know, the, the water to be spoiled and all that. But, but, but he wasn't, you know, taking on all these issues. Right. He had his areas of expertise, and you know, to extent he did, you know, the Vietnam War. Some people gave him a hard time with, but he explained that, you know, I can't get the civil rights with all the money and, and energy going to to killing people in Vietnam. Absolutely. So, anyway, you know, we won't have time today. We're going to solve it maybe tomorrow. Jesse, we want to solve this tomorrow or maybe the day after. We'll solve this whole issue with black leadership. But if there is a way, um, if, if there's another John Lewis and you've just been waiting for your time, uh, brother or sister, more likely sister, um, now's a good time to put your, your application in. Absolutely, absolutely. And not just an application in general, but an application to come talk on this show. Uh, you can you can email us at brothersalive at gmail dot com. Uh, we'd be more than happy, or just reach out on our uh, Facebook page. That's B R U T H A S N L A W, and just come holler at us. Let us know you are the next John Lewis. Uh, send us some work, some information about the work that you do in your community, and we would love to have you on and talk more in depth about what you're doing once we see what 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 it is in fact that you are doing. So. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. And and also, you know, I don't want the corporate sponsors, you know, right now we're in an age where everybody is, you know, so pro-black and aware of, you know, racial injustice and they want to stand against it. Well, you know what? Corporations that are listening, I want you, I challenge you to put your money where your mouth is by sponsoring our podcast. Right. So so you can put a sizable donation. As a matter of fact, Mackenzie Phillips, your work is not done. Mackenzie Scott, Mackenzie Scott, your work is not done. If if you really really care about black issues and you really really care about helping, you know, you should just give uh, me and Sean. I think we could do. We could probably make miracles work on sixty million. Um, and I and we'll even give you a a statement of how the money is spent. We got sixty million dollars. Well, well, sixty million minus. Um, about thirty dollars because I think somebody is gonna buy some hot wings. Um, I'm not putting that on. <laughs> oh, sixty million minus about thirty, forty dollars, uh, and, and miscellaneous tips. Make, make it around a hundred, all right? But other than a hundred, it'll be all accounted for. Right, right, absolutely. And we will put it to to good use. Uh, we won't, you know, use it to buy Lamborghinis like the guy who got the PPP funding. 
won't do that. Uh, we, we will use it to help the community and, you know, to make sure that we take care of ourselves because if we're not here, we can't take care of the community. So, uh, you know, definitely reach out. And it's not just you. You can get a coalition of all your rich friends uh, to donate money to our podcast, help us, you know, update our equipment and get a rider reach for the podcast. We love to have you. We love to have you on board. Uh, Mackenzie, you can actually just come on the show. Right, like, you know, like at, at this point, the HBCUs are all going to accept you, and I think it would do us a lot of favor for you to come on. So if you're listening, come on the show. Um, and 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 we definitely want to make sure that we entertain any kind of uh, conversations that you want to have as we step into this new awareness that we're seeing as a culture. Um, we laugh and joke all the time, but one of the things that we do take seriously is we really want to see the black community get the just do that it deserves. And I feel like it's far overdue. Exactly. And, you know, it, the fact that we are talking in 2020 about just not killing us, right. um, it shows you, you know, that, that, that this is so far overdue. It's 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 ridiculous. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that that is an argument you have to make with people. Right. And say that black lives matter. And have people go, no, 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 you know, all matter. Not, you know, that we're superior, not that we deserve extra stuff, not even that we deserve justice from the past, but right. just don't kill us in 2020. And there's right. you know, debate about this as to whether we should, you know, maybe that's too much. Absolutely. Um, you know, so we, we have work to do. We obviously want to move further than, than, than just that. But we feel that, you know, starting with not killing us would be a good first start. Right, we at least we can work from there because it's very difficult to you know to get all your equal reparations dead. So just 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 stop killing children um, for you know ever, and, and then we can we can work on the other stuff. Absolutely. All righty, everybody. Uh, that said, you want to um, you know find us on Facebook. Um, tell you tell your friends if you know anybody else with I don't know between sixty and eighty billion dollars. Um, who apparently um, is, is, is in having a Brewster's Million thing and just trying to figure out a way to give away the money, um, go ahead and, and let them know about the podcast. Definitely. Definitely let them know. Have an email. Oh, Matter of no. fact, won't even wait. Just call. Like, <laughs> just pull up. Or or you can just, I don't, I, you don't send me an email, I'll tell you where my house is. And you can just have them come up. <laughs> All right? Absolutely.